Good morning, my name is Myron Glick, and just to make sure you're in the right uh, workshop this morning, what I'll be presenting, my title is called Empowering Local Indigenous Leaders to Lead, The Jericho Road Story. As you guys know, we're, we're taping these sessions uh, a month before the actual um, conference, and I was waking up this morning and just reminded me of what a crazy world uh, we live in today and how this year has gone so differently than we all expected. Woke up this morning to hear that the president has COVID. In a year where we faced this COVID pandemic, uh, we faced a uh, passionate you know, fight for racial justice, and we've had incredible economic challenges uh, to wake up this morning to hear that our president has COVID just 30 days before a national election uh, is just a vivid reminder of how challenging this year has been uh, for all of us. At Jericho Road, uh, we've, we've really been hit hard by COVID. More than 30 of our, our staff have gotten sick and we've had more than a thousand patients diagnosed with COVID and have seen a number of our patients die. So it's been a challenging year. But for sure, in the middle of all this, and I'm sure for each of you, uh, wherever you're coming from uh, today, um, I can testify that God has been faithful to Jericho Road, to me personally, and I am trusting that God has been faithful to each of you. So before I, I start this presentation this morning, I just want to say a brief word of prayer, uh, committing each of you uh, and your families to God and uh Committing me as I share for the next 45 minutes um, also that God will give me the words to speak that will actually encourage you and motivate you. God, I just want to thank you this morning for this opportunity to present this workshop to these folks at the Global Missions Conference. I thank you for uh, bringing each of them to this conference, and I trust that uh, through uh, this presentation in some way they'll be encouraged uh, and uh, and um, that you will keep all of us uh, and be faithful to all of us in this time. So this morning, I have the privilege of um, sharing to you our global health model at Jericho Road. It's been a, a, a great opportunity for us to not only touch the lives of many people here in Buffalo, but follow some of our friends back home to their countries and help them start uh, health centers in those countries. And so this morning I thought that I would start, uh, first of all, by just giving you a brief overview of the three countries we work in besides Buffalo. And then I'll take a little time to talk about our motto talk about Jericho Road here in Buffalo, our story, what we sort of stand for, and, and, and because everything that we do in other countries comes out of our work here in Buffalo. And then to, to, to finish off by spending a little bit more time uh, talking to you about um, the story uh, for each of the folks who lead our global work. So that's what I intend to do. I hope to give you some time uh, to ask questions uh, at the end, and I'll be available uh, even after this session to ask questions, for you to ask questions and contact me if needed. So we have in Sierra Leone uh, three health centers. We started our work there in 2013. Uh, Phoebe Abdullah is the founder and director of all of our health centers now in Sierra Leone. Uh, just to give you a sense of this work, uh, in August, we saw in Sierra Leone over 3,000 patient visits. Our, our original clinic is in the hometown of Phoebean in a, in a town called Koidu in Kono District. It's a very rural part of Sierra Leone on the outskirts of a town of about 100,000 people. This district was devastated by the Civil War. At this health center called the Adama Martha Memorial Health Center, 
we now have a staff of probably 65 people. We have five uh, community health officers who do most of the, the medical work. We have several midwives. Uh, we provide primary health care, deliver babies, uh, do some surgeries, including C-sections and hernia repairs and appendectomies, and do some community health um, uh, outreach. It is a vibrant work. And because this work has gone so well in uh, Adadama, Martha, Phoebe has had the opportunity to expand into two other uh, communities across the country. Uh, one in a small uh, town or village, actually, in a very remote area called Rokasa, where they had no health center before. And in that health center, we have one uh, community health officer, equivalent of a PA in this country, and we deliver some babies. And then uh, just recently, uh, this year, uh, at the invitation of another community, about an hour and a half from Adama Martha, uh, Phoebean opened a third health site. And again, providing primary care and delivering babies and doing some surgeries. And, and so this work, the success of this work, has really allowed us to, to think about doing work in other countries, which we have done. In Goma, uh, in Eastern Congo, part of the Democratic Republic of Congo in the heart of Africa, uh, right bordering uh, Rwanda and Uganda, uh, we now have a health center called the Wellness Clinic. Uh, Chantal Daeza is the director of this clinic. And in August, they saw almost 2,600 patient visits. Uh, at this health center, we do a lot of deliveries. I think last month we delivered 128 babies. Uh, one of the interesting things about this uh, health center uh, is that we partner with World Relief in Congo and have what's called a church empowerment zone uh, in the community surrounding our health center. Uh, we've identified all the churches, uh, brought in, invited all the pastors and key leaders from those churches to come together for a five-year partnership to um, encourage the church to take seriously the call of Jesus to address uh, the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of the community and to do it by working together. And this has been a really uh, interesting and cool sort of partnership uh, with our health center. And this work was started in, our health center there was started in 2016 and is growing rapidly. And then in Nepal, in a remote mountainous village called Hagam, which is only a couple miles from the Nepal-Tibet border and is really a stone's throw from Mount Everest, uh, we now have a motorbike medical outreach program. Uh, this is led by a pastor uh, named Ashis, who's the director. We have a PA uh, called Barnabas and a couple other people that work with us. And these uh, two very faithful men uh, live in Kathmandu, the capital of Nepal. But every week or every two weeks, they travel by motorcycle up to this village and do a health clinic. And this outreach is paving the way for us to hopefully uh, build a health center in this remote mountainous region uh, sometime soon. Just last month, they saw 111 patients uh, in, in Nepal. And we'll talk more about all three of these um, outreaches uh, towards the end of this presentation. I wanted to just briefly, as we get started here, uh, talk to you about what is our um, global health mission. Like, what's the model? Uh, so, number one, we build relationships in Buffalo with refugees. A big part of the work that we do in Buffalo we, is serving the refugee and immigrant community. More than 50% of all the patients we see in Buffalo don't speak English. And they come to us from 80 different countries across the world. Some of these folks have been here with us long enough. Uh, they become our friends. They started to work with us. And some of them have started to invite us to go back to their homes, uh, countries, and start health uh, works. Number two, we follow these refugee friends back home to help them start health centers. It's not something we do on our own. It's not Dr. Glick going 
as a missionary to these countries and living there and starting a hospital. It really is us, Jericho Road, supporting folks to go back home to do this work. We Number three, we empower our friends to lead. And number four, the work that we do um, is done by local uh, folks. And we'll talk more about this as we go through. I thought I would segue a little bit uh, to talk about Jericho Road here in Buffalo, which includes really some about my story. And I think it's important to do this so that so you get a sense that everything that we do globally comes organically out of our work here in Buffalo. And everything that we do in Buffalo really has stemmed from the vision that God gave Joyce and I uh, 25 years ago to get this started. But thankfully, God has brought so many good people to work alongside us so that now the vision is greatly expanded beyond what we could have ever imagined or thought. I was born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, as was my wife, Joyce. Um, my parents, as were her parents, were Amish at one time and then became Amish Mennonite. Uh, my, my parents were asked by the Amish Mennonite Board of Missions to become missionaries to a country called Belize. And we moved there when I was three and I lived there until I was 14. And that experience of growing up in Belize is uh, dramatically has changed my whole outlook on life. Uh, it's what gave me, seeing the medical need in that uh, country, gave me the desire to, uh, against all the odds, go to medical school and uh, become a doctor. And my assumption growing up is that someday I'd be a doctor and be a medical missionary in another country. One of the things that I think was impactful of my time in Belize is that I was able to see the good and bad of what it's like to, um, you know, how missions are done. I mean, I saw the faithfulness of my parents and how much they sacrificed, how much they bonded with the people of Belize and, and the impact that their lives made there. But I also saw um, a, a way of doing mission um, where it was reliant on uh, Americans coming to the countries, doing the work, um, a lot of cultural, bringing a lot of their culture with them uh, that made me pause when, and, and has made me think differently about mission as I've thought about myself and, and as we've done this through Jericho Road. We do it differently than the way it was done when I was growing up. Another um, aspect of my experience that I think has formed my uh, approach to mission was when I was in residency, in family medicine residency back in the 90s, I convinced my residency program director to allow me to do a six week rotation in, in Ghana. And I, um, Joyce and I and our two young children at that time, uh, went to Ghana and worked with uh, medical missionaries, American medical missionaries at a hospital in Ghana, in rural Ghana. And while it was a very good and interesting experience, I was struck by how dependent that hospital was on these American medical missionary doctors. I was struck by how stressed out they were and also how in some ways separated that hospital was from the community it served and um, really came away from that experience saying, if I'm gonna do medical missions, I'm not gonna do it that way. And that's not to knock the many, many uh, some of you may be on this, this call, uh, folks who've given their lives in medical missions efforts across the world. But what I experienced growing up and what I experienced in that trip to Ghana gave me some sense that at least for what God was directing me to do, I wanted to do it differently. Just to say a few words about uh, my family. Uh, when we started Jericho Road right out of residency, uh, Joyce and I had two young children. Michael was four, Stephanie was two, uh, and they've been a part of this Jericho Road experience ever since. In fact, all of them now have been able to go with me on some occasion to travel to some of our, our global sites. You know, there's no question that doing this work has a cost to it. 
And as I as I think about my family and now our, Joyce, our youngest of four children now uh, just left for college and uh, they've grown up and we've had this amazing opportunity to be parents at the same time while we've been trying to follow Jesus at Jericho Road to grow this practice. Um, I think one thing I've learned is that uh, if you, you know, advice to young parents is that if you truly are um, want to to have your children uh, understand what it is to follow Jesus, uh, they listen less to the words that we tell them. And what they really look and, and, and learn from is is our actions. And I think that what Joyce and I could say is that at least they've seen um, through our actions, uh, through our work at Jericho Road, what it means for to follow Jesus. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. Jericho Road is rooted in Buffalo, New York. Probably many of you have never been to Buffalo. You have this impression of it being a Rust Belt uh, city um, with sports teams that never win uh, championships. But there's a lot more to Buffalo. We're right along the waterfront. Uh, our children have grown up there and went to school there and we love this place that's become of our adopted home. Yeah, it snows, uh, but Buffalo is our home now and is the place that we've devoted our lives to do this work. Buffalo, you know, when it comes to understanding the Jericho Road story, when it comes to understanding what we've seen over the last 24 years, the injustice that we've seen uh, locally and across the world, I think it's, uh, you know, the Buffalo story is, is, is interesting. It is uh, a story of injustice. I mean, Buffalo 220 years ago was a Native American Seneca Nation settlement. And as the European settlers came through, they forced these folks out. And then wave after wave of immigrants from places like Ireland and Italy and Germany, uh, Poland came through Buffalo. And at first they were not welcomed and then eventually they made their home here. And then in the, the 1940s, like 100 years ago, uh, there was this great migration of African-American folks from fleeing the Jim Crow South and really coming as refugees to Rust Belt cities like Buffalo and figuring out a way to make their way in the city, but not always being welcomed, being forced to live in certain parts of the city. And then in the 50s and 60s and 70s, partly in response to to this migration, great migration of refugees from the South, um, there was the white flight out of our cities, including Buffalo. Buffalo lost 50% of its white population in a span of about 20 years. And this has left still today uh, impact on this city. And then in the 1990s, just as we were starting Jericho Road, was the, this migration of refugees fleeing war-torn areas all across the world. And as we were starting Jericho Road, as I had thought that, you know, instead of being a medical missionary doctor in another country, I'm going to stay focused and stay here in the States and, and put my roots in Buffalo and work with the poor here in this country. Um, in, in, in that time, right around that same time, the world started coming to Buffalo. And today, Buffalo is coming back. And part of the reason Buffalo is coming back, not the only reason, but part of the reason is because of that great migration of refugees from all over the world coming to Buffalo and making Buffalo their home. And this is a context of which we've seen injustice. It's a context of which, which we've thought and, and really um, started our, our, our um, global work. So, you know, we, Joyce and I started Jericho Road in 1997. It was a private practice. We got a bank loan from and, and started the work. Uh, the first week I saw three patients and we've grown since then. Really our, 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 our roots in Buffalo was because I came here to medical school. And in my third year, as I was doing our clinical rotations, I was just shocked at the way the poor were treated by our healthcare system. And I think in that moment, God started to work in me uh, this, this dream to uh, start a health center in Buffalo that would especially 
uh, be there for whoever needed it, regardless of their insurance status, and, and to provide care that was excellent and do it as a way of saying, this is what Jesus would do. During medical school, we got involved with a small uh, church here in, on the west side of Buffalo. And really through that church and through relationships with the community, after residency, we came back and started Jericho Road in space provided by that church. Over the years, we've grown tremendously. In 2013, we became a federally qualified community health center. And that action also allowed us to grow significantly in the last seven years. Today, um, we have a staff of over 350 people here in Buffalo and uh, more than 100 people across the world. I tell people that uh, we basically at Jericho Road do five things. First is we provide, we're mostly family doctors and we provide primary health care uh, to families here in, in Buffalo and to uh, uh, folks across the world. Last month, uh, we saw, I think, 6,400 patient visits here in Buffalo and 6,200 patient visits uh, in our three, uh, in our five health centers uh, in other countries. Number two, we uh, operate a, 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 a number of community-based programs that, especially here in Buffalo, that help us address the root causes of why our patients are not always in good health. Uh, these programs uh, help with early childhood development. Uh, they, uh, we work with uh, we do a lot of deliveries, and so we have a, a very robust program to support moms when they become pregnant, uh, especially refugee moms, single moms, folks that are at risk in some way during this pregnancy. And then we work to support their, their new baby when it's born. And then we have some innovative programs that reach out to the refugee community to help them become self-sustaining. Number three, we operate a homeless shelter uh, called Vive, which is a shelter for asylum seekers uh, who come to Buffalo uh, from all over the world. Every night we shelter about a hundred people and we help these, we provide legal work, medical care, uh, shelter, food, um, behavioral health, uh, counseling to these folks who are coming from war-torn areas um, across the world. Uh, we help them in their asylum case to, to become citizens here in the United States. And we also help folks uh, transition up to Canada. In, we've been called the new underground railroad uh, here in Buffalo because we help so many people uh, come uh, through Buffalo and get into Canada where they have a easier time um, getting their asylum case heard. The Many of the people that we take care of at Vive uh, make a long journey from, they figure out a way to cross the Atlantic Ocean, get to Brazil or Ecuador, and then they literally walk or ride buses or a combination of both all the way up to the southern border. And then they're put in detention for several months usually, and then released, and then they find their way to Buffalo. The fourth thing we do is we have a family uh, medicine residency program. Uh, currently, uh, we uh, have four new family medicine doctors join us every year. It's a wonderful opportunity to invest in these young doctors, and hopefully they will leave Jericho Road with some of our DNA and go to other places in this country and around the world uh, to model what it's like to follow Jesus in some way through healthcare. And then the fourth, fifth thing we do is our global work uh, in Sierra Leone, in Congo, and in Nepal. I thought it would be just briefly share, um, you know, what's some of our DNA? What, what, what do we care about at Jericho Road? Um, as, as we try to live out what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to love your neighbor. Uh, one of the things that we believe deeply in is this idea of creating a diverse a community. We hire folks from our communities that we serve. Uh, we, we have this amazing place where black folks, white folks, refugees and immigrants from all over the world who share different faiths, who share different backgrounds, who have 
all of us have different stories. And yet we come together under this mission, which is to show love and uh, be Jesus to the most vulnerable. And this diverse community has been such a blessing to me. I've grown so much over the last 24 years and learned so much about what it's like to see life through the perspective of the other. You know, I've been at Jericho Road for 24 years and I've really had what I consider to be this front row uh, seat to witness the injustice in our healthcare system, uh, the injustice in our communities um, here in Buffalo and across the world. Uh, this year especially has been um, quite the, the challenge. You know, COVID, we, we've tested over 11,000 people for COVID and we have seen firsthand the way this virus, this pandemic has disproportionately affected people of color and the refugee and the immigrant. Of the more than a thousand cases that we've tested and we've tested pretty much equally black folks, white folks and refugees, um, only 8% of those cases of COVID are white, 29% are black and the rest are refugees and immigrants, mostly from Asia. Our theme verses from Micah 6, 8, that he has shown you what is good. What does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God? I believe that that emphasis, that sense of, of seeing the injustice and wanting to see God's people help to bring, like the heart of God is towards justice. If you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, there's so much in the Bible about taking, um, you know, meeting the, the, the need of the poor, the vulnerable, the foreign born among us. I think that that perspective has really uh, informed our global work, because obviously in the places that we work, these are, these are war-torn countries. Refugees have had to flee those countries. They've come to the United States. There's been great injustice. And now we can be in some way by going back a part of resto restoration and healing and have to understand, I think, for us to be successful in those countries, why there have been refugees from those countries in the first place. And so that, I think that's been helpful for us as we thought about our global war. I think I've alluded to this already. Uh, so much of the work that we do in Buffalo, not all of it, but much of it has to do with this um, wave of refugees that have uh, resettled here in Buffalo uh, over the last 25 years. And for us to, to be a part of that at Jericho Road has been uh, one of the great privileges of my life. And I do honestly believe that uh, our openness to these refugees at Jericho Road and by extension, the openness of Buffalo to these folks coming is one of the main reasons that Buffalo is reemerging as a, as a great American city. And finally, at Jericho Road, we invest in our friends. I love this photo because it reminds me of Hanmo and Lele and their daughter, Faith, who came to us in 2000 from Burma and have so sacrificially helped us over the last 20 years to build Jericho Road into what it is today. And this is a photo of uh, Hanmo when he graduated as a nurse several years ago. And, and that investment of us of Jericho Road into their lives and their lives into Jericho Road uh, is, is, is the stuff that our global work has been made out of. You know, Hanmo and Lele are from Burma and you know, we haven't gone back yet to Burma to start a, a medical work because Burma is tough to get into. It's, we haven't figured out a way to do that, but I, don't, I won't be surprised that someday we will. In the meantime, uh, Hanmo has been one of the key people that's helped us uh, with uh, the work to Nepal. He's been over there more than any of us from Jericho Road and uh, basically leads our teams when, when we go over. And, and so what a great story to have a Burmese refugee help Jericho Road start a health center in the remote mountainous villages of Nepal. So in the remaining time, I wanted to, to talk a little bit more about each of the countries that we are in. Um, and, and, and share a little bit about uh, their story uh, with an emphasis on the leaders of those places. Because at the end of the day, what we're talking about in this 
presentation is how do we empower local folks to lead? I think this is a, that's a, it's been incredibly important for the success of our work here in Jericho Road in Buffalo and absolutely critical for the success of our global work to this point. So I want to start with Phoebean's story. Phoebean grew up in the Kono district of Sierra Leone. I think she had, was just graduating as a nurse in her early 20s when the Civil War broke out in, in force uh, in Sierra Leone. And she had to flee her village. Uh, she had to run with her young family to Freetown. Uh, crazy stories. I mean, she tells of um, almost losing her life one time in the middle of the fighting in Freetown back in the late 1990s when she came to a checkpoint and the, the rebel soldiers uh, saw a scar on her leg and, and or actually the government soldiers saw a scar on her leg and, I, and thought that that meant that she was being identified as a rebel uh, soldier. And she came within minutes of losing her life. The only reason she was saved is because someone, a stranger who she never had met before, uh, vouched for her. And she always looks at that person as, as an angel that just came out of nowhere and saved her life. When she fled Sierra Leone uh, to Gambia and lived in a refugee camp for several years, she was a nurse and she was pregnant. And when it came time for her to deliver her baby, she went to the local hospital. And the local hospital there was so... Um, didn't like refugees. They were being overwhelmed. And so they ignored her. And in that moment, Phoebean literally delivered her own baby, delivered the placenta, cut the cord, gathered the baby in a blanket and walked out of the hospital. Eight days later, she came back to the hospital wanting to get her, her son, her newborn son circumcised. And they refused because she didn't have any money to pay for it. And so she took the baby home and did the circumcision herself. This woman has had has incredible courage. And when she left uh, Sierra Leone um, as a refugee in 2001, as she boarded the plane, she said, I'm never coming back to Africa. I guess it was destiny, but uh, she was assigned, her and her family were assigned to resettle in Buffalo. And so in 2001, we met her in Buffalo at Jericho Road because we work with refugee resettlement agencies and do new initial uh, evaluations. And they became, her family became our patient. Phoebean was a go-getter and she quickly got her training and her licensure here in Buffalo to be a nurse. And we hired her at, at Jericho Road. Fast forward to 2000 and I think it was eight or nine. Um, back then, Jericho Road was small enough that I could do take the time to do all the the um, annual evaluations for our, our whole staff. God help me if I had to do that today. And at that evaluation, I, I mentioned something to Phoebe, and I said, Phoebe, you just don't look like you're you're happy. And she started crying a little bit, and she said, Doctor Glick, I gotta go back home. You know, I keep getting messages from Kono about my family members who are dying, who aren't getting health care. And I, I really feel that I want to go back home. I want to build a health center and I want to I want to um, provide this desperately needed health care. And she said, "Will you guys go with me. And I said, well, Phoebean, you know, we'll do what we can, but we'll follow you. And so we made several trips and she introduced us to to folks in Sierra Leone. And finally in 2013, uh, she had the courage to move back to Sierra Leone. And we went with her and we provided the capital funding to build the health center. And we provided some of the operating costs and Phoebean is still there. And her faithfulness starting from zero to now means that you know there's over 3000 uh, people uh, getting uh, visiting our health centers there every month. And her faithfulness inspired us to say, look, this is working in Sierra Leone. We can follow folks back to Congo and other places. Um, and, and, and so Phoebeans, you know, and one of the, the amazing things, too, is, you know, in 20, we, we, we started the, the thing, our work there in 2013. In 2014, Ebola came to Sierra Leone. And I remember vividly that talking to Phoebe and saying, look, you know, our team here in Buffalo thinks you should come back to Buffalo. 
And she actually had bought a ticket and we were going to bring her back. And the night before her plane, she called me and she couldn't sleep and I couldn't sleep. She said, Dr. Glick, I don't feel right. I'm not coming home. I'm going to stay. And she stayed all the way through Ebola. And, and that, that faithfulness there, that courage, uh, really, I think, gathered her the, the, the admiration and respect of many people in Sierra Leone. And, and is one, I think, of the advantages of, of working with local folks uh, is that they stay. Uh, this is their country. And, and they don't leave when things get tough. Phoebe had another chance this year during COVID. Um, the U.S. was flying out all U.S. citizens, and she is a U.S. citizen, and she could have gotten out on a special flight, and she stayed. And we've seen this in Congo and Nepal. Regardless of what the situation is, um, people stay uh, because it's their home. This year, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of this crazy year, our global health uh, has grown tremendously. And that's a testimony to local people doing the work, local people having ownership. This is a photo of, it's a great photo because uh, last, last fall, a year ago in October, uh, Phoebe and I had the privilege of going with one of our Jericho Road teams to Nepal. She flew from Sierra Leone to Nepal and worked with us for two weeks at our health center or the, the village that we're working in. And it was so encouraging to me to see Phoebian get so excited about helping um, in, in some ways further her vision to bring healthcare to remote peoples across this, this world. So, so seeing Phoebian work with Nepali people um, was such a, an encouragement. The shifting gears to Goma, uh, in Goma, the story is different. We have a lot of refugees, uh, friends here in Buffalo. Uh, and while none of them have actually moved back to Goma, uh, there's been probably three or four or five people in Buffalo who have been an integral part of helping us connect with Chantel in Goma through our relationship with World Relief to start a wellness clinic. And every time we go back and forth on trips, we take some of our Congolese friends with us. Uh, they help interpret the language, the culture. Um, most of the time when I talk to Chantal about something that's really, I mean, she's learned English pretty good now, and I learned a few words of French, not many. Um, but when I really need to talk to her about something serious, I usually have Fidel or Rosalind or someone like that help join the call, and we together work with her to, to help get things done. This this health center was started in 2016. Chantel's grew up uh, in Eastern Congo. Uh, she was um, mentored and actually became a Christian through the influence of an American missionary family uh, from Seattle, Washington. And they invested in her and her husband. And um, through that investment, it's paid off big time uh, with her uh, becoming this amazing leader. And we are so fortunate to have uh, this trustworthy, Jesus-following, passionate, like a Phoebean person uh, in Goma leading our work. And because of her leadership and the work of her team there, they've grown tremendously. And they've also figured out a way um, to become very sustainable. I mean, we now provide about, we've provide through grants and and raising money here in Buffalo, the money that was needed for all the investments in capital and equipment, but we're only providing about a third of the operating costs for our work in, in Goma. And so it's been really encouraging to think about sort of that sustainability um, and how it's worked. And Goma is an amazing city. It's in the shadow of a volcano that periodically, uh, you know, erupts. It was called by National Geographic, one of our nation's, I mean, world's most dangerous cities. And yet it's such a beautiful place and a great opportunity for us to be there. And then finally in, in Nepal, um, this work actually, we were connected through one of the refugees from Nepal that, we've, uh, that we became friends with, Pastor Purna, 
um, works with us as a translator and a spiritual care provider. He's now actually in nursing school, but he's been a part of us. And after the earthquake in 2015, he and his wife went back to Nepal and connected with a pastor in Kathmandu who had just lost her mother in the earthquake in the village of Hagam up in the remote mountainous area. And so Pastor Purna and Pastor Ashis traveled to that village. Last 10 hours, they had to walk to get up there and they brought um, donations from Jericho Road here in Buffalo. And they ministered to that small that small village. And when Pastor Perna came back in 2015, he found me and said, Dr. Glick, we have to go back. This is where we're gonna build another health center. And at first I was like, man, we're in Sierra Leone, we're in Congo, um, can we really do this? Do we have the capacity? And so it took a couple of years, but eventually we did get back. And once we saw it and met these folks and saw the need, uh, it became clear this is what we should do. And in 2018, we started the motorbike uh, health ministry um, and it's growing and we hope to raise the funds and, and build a health center soon. Uh, I traveled um, last year uh, to Nepal with Han Mo, who works with us at Jericho Road. He's from Burma and with Maya, who's a nurse practitioner who is from Nepal originally. And her and her husband have this dream of someday moving back to Nepal full-time to be medical missionaries with Jericho Road at this health center. And her and her husband have been a great connector as with Pastor Purna to the work in Nepal. One of the cool things as I think about um, presenting today to the Global Missions Conference uh, is that we actually met Maya, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago at the Louis, at Louisville, at the Medical Missions Conference, we were there with Pastor Perna, and we were in the main sanctuary, main in the main auditorium, and suddenly we heard someone speaking Nepali, and Pastor Perna ran over, and here it was Maya, and she met he met Maya and her husband Arjun, and thus became a relationship, and they moved from Columbus to Buffalo, and now are helping to lead our work in Nepal. That's the way God uses. Uh, this medical missions conference to connect people and network people and it's one of the reasons why we always come to it from Jericho Road because we know that God usually has something for us uh, through this time together. This is a photo of the land that's been donated to us in Hagam that is the future site of Jericho Road's uh, health center in, in Hagam and um, this is a photo of Pastor Ashes and his wife and also on the left, Barnabas, who's our medical uh, person who, who, who uh, runs the work. Uh, both of them together lead this work in, in Nepal. And so this is kind of a, a photo of a step of faith that, that, that it's going to happen, that God's going to be faithful. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to leave time for questions. Uh, but what have we learned? What are, I mean, definitely there's been some challenges. I mean, it's challenging to provide quality health care in resource poor areas of the world. Rural Africa, remote mountainous villages in Nepal. I mean, war-torn cities like Goma. This is not easy stuff. And, you know, one of the challenges is when you're working with local, local folks and they're doing the actual work, they got trained in those countries. They do things differently than we're used to doing in the States. And so it's been a, a, a journey of figuring out how to take what we know in the States, what's appropriate to actually implement in these places. When do we have to defer to local folks? Like how do we, how do we work within that system and still have provide quality care? And how do we do it in places where resources are so, so lacking? We've had to learn how to navigate local culture although that's been much, much easier because we're following our friends back home and they know the culture. We've had to figure out communication. You know, How do I communicate with Phoebean and Chantel and Pastor Ashes well enough so that we could coordinate and, and manage together this work? Uh, got very good at WhatsApp and email and all kinds of different ways that we communicate. We try to visit every year. We send Jericho Road teams over. Uh, but communication is, is still a challenge. And then just practical logistics. This is a photo of what we use in Sierra Leone, although we're trying to upgrade it, to clean our instruments, you know, it's a, and, and to dispose of medical waste. So just logistics and learning how to do the work, how to, how to figure out solar energy and, 
and uh, how to get rid of medical waste and how to where to buy medications. These are all lessons that I've had to learn and we've had to learn together over this this last 10 years that we've been doing this work. But I would tell you that the good stuff way outweighs the challenges. You know, sustainability. Uh, sustainability, I've learned, is it is about financial resources, but the money is the easier part. The, the harder part is who owns it, who's going to lead it, and who's going to, who, when Ebola comes, when COVID comes, who's going to stand and be counted and continue the work. And I really feel that this model of empowering local folks and following local people, refugees back home, it, it provides a model for sustainability. It also provides a model for growth. Leaders like Phoebean and Chantel, they want to see growth because they, they're impacted by the need. Um, it's efficient. Our dollars, our American dollars, go so far in a country like Sierra Leone or um, um, uh, Congo. I mean, the, 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 the money, it's, it's a, we have to raise a significant amount of money every year, but it's a fraction of what it costs to, to do medical care in Buffalo. And yet we're, we're taking care of about the same number of pay, people. It, I believe this model is reproducible. I've had conversations with folks all across this country who are interested. I would encourage you listening to think about how this could be reproducible for yourself. And, and, and finally, this promotes local ownership, which I think is incredibly important. So I think it's time to, for me to probably shut up and to allow you guys to ask questions. Um, I'm giving you um, my email address, myron.glick at jrchc.org, my cell phone, and our website. And I honestly, I'd be happy if you guys uh, send me questions about this presentation, uh, if there's any way that we can help you reproduce this model in some fashion, um, or if you just have, you're just interested. I love to talk about our global work and it's, it's not a bother. Um, we will get back to you. So I just want to thank you for uh, listening and I'm going to turn it over now uh, to our moderator and I will answer any questions as needed. God bless uh, each of you today.